Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are starting our NFL Draft Preview. Uh, we're going to look at the first 10 teams drafting in the 2022 NFL Draft. We're going to talk NFL news, Major League Baseball news as well, including Cincinnati Reds getting the shaft. That and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by Shocked Energy. Uh, get yourself some low carb, zero sugar energy drink. You can get it at shockedenergy.com. And of course, you use the code STOVE, you get 10% off your purchase. Speaking of stove, we got two of them here tonight, Dad. Uh, welcome back into the program. How you doing? Doing good. Glad to be back. It's exciting to get into the draft. Yeah, it's coming up pretty fast, isn't it? Uh, I know uh, Belly Up and Dan Mater, he is uh, doing his draft special again this year. Um, I'll be on that uh, Thursday night of round one, the last uh, several picks. And then the first couple picks, first five picks, I think, in the second round as well, joining him for that. It's a good time of year for football fans. Uh, of course, the USFL kicking off, uh, let's see, or Saturday and Sunday. And uh, so football there as well. And uh, But plenty of things going on. And the draft is one of my favorite times of year. And uh, so I figured this year for our draft preview, we're going to start off with the first 10 teams that are drafting. Not the first 10 picks because there's teams that have multiple picks. Uh, but the first 10 teams that are drafting next uh, episode on Friday – We'll do the next 10 teams, and then we'll get the rest of the NFL teams, whether they're drafting or not in the first round. We'll talk about them on the following Monday's episode. No, I'm sorry. Next Monday we'll do – I don't even know what day it is, Dad. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, just stay tuned. we got plenty of plenty of draft coverage coming for you. That's right. Before the actual NFL draft uh, gets here, we will have a mock draft 
uh, as well and uh, give you that this year as well and possibly give our listeners a chance to win a prize if they get involved with mock drafts with us as well. That will come in future episodes, that announcement. Okay, Dad, let's get right into it because I want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk about everything on the agenda tonight because we've got NFL news to talk about. we got Major League Baseball topics to talk about as well, but I want to make sure we get our draft stuff in. So we'll start with that. Pick number one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. they got a new coach this year, Doug Peterson. Uh, the OC is Press Taylor. The DC is Mike Caldwell. Special teams is Heath Farwell. Uh, key players, Trevor Lawrence, Evan Ingram, the tight end, Christian Kirk, the wide receiver, Josh Allen, the edge, uh, Clavon Kieson, the edge as well, and Shaq Griffin, the cornerback. They have needs, Dad, plenty of them. Offensive line, defensive line, safety, middle linebacker are just to name a few. Seems like overall everyone says Aiden Hutchinson's the number one player in this draft. Is that something that you think Jacksonville has to go for, or do you think they have to protect Trevor Lawrence with the offensive line? Well, um, again, you know, they've made some improvements on the offensive line free agency. Um, I, they can look at it, you know, either way, really. I mean, it could be, hey, we've got Trevor Lawrence. We've got to keep getting help for him, whether it's offensive line or uh, wide receiver, you know, weapons there. Um, but again, uh, you know, you got defensive players. If, I think, you know, the key is they need to get a player that can't miss. Uh, there's a, several of these teams that aren't doing, you know, well that are drafting early. That I think that's going to be a key. Um, if they make mistakes, this will be a, this will hurt because they've got some. Some of them have lots of, um, you know, lots of draft. And Jacksonville does. They got the first pick, first pick in the second round, and they've got two picks in the third round, so they can help themselves um, there. Um, I, I think, you know, yes, taking the number one guy, which I guess, you know, everybody says is the edge rusher from Michigan probably makes sense. Um, there, um, I probably wouldn't be real shocked if Jacksonville traded down, um, not very far. Well, hang on. Let me ask you a question. Would they you would be, be a good one to do. Would you be shocked if someone traded up? Because <laughs> I think several teams in the top five would love to move down. I don't know that there's a player worth moving up for. Um, so that would be my question more so than Jacksonville moving down. Is there anybody that actually wants to come up to number one to draft? Um, I Again, I, I would think they'd be looking at Detroit or Houston. Um, okay. Somebody not moving up far, but they want to get a player. They, they, you know, they want to get, maybe they want to get that, the edge rusher from Michigan. They want to have the first pick. Um, and then Jacksonville could drop down, probably wouldn't have to give up a lot to do that, um, with especially if it was just one or two places down, if Jacksonville felt comfortable with taking everything there. If Jacksonville moves down, then I could see them maybe going offensive line or something on the offense. But um, you can't never lose. You, you can never lose. We saw that in the last few years with a dominant defensive player, whether it's a defensive back or a rusher. Um, you know, someone who dominates the game, um, you know, It'll make a difference for a long time. And Jacksonville being strong on defense, you know, they've made some moves on offense. Yeah, I just don't feel like there's enough there for people to move up. Houston needs everything. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to give up any picks because they have – they have the cupboard is bare in Houston. They need whatever they can get uh, there. Detroit, I guess, is a possibility. We'll get to them in just a moment. 
But Jacksonville, I look at them, Dad, uh, they desperately need offensive line help. Cam Robinson is franchise tagged, uh, but he's not your typical left tackle franchise tag kind of player. He's not the kind of guy that you every team would have franchise tagged, needless to say. At right tackle, they got Jawan Taylor. Uh, he's on the last year of his contract, I believe. They got Brandon Scharf, who they did bring in uh, as a free agent from Washington. That's a good pickup at guard. Uh, Tyler Shatley is uh, the center, and Ben Barch is the other guard at the moment. He was a fourth-round pick in 2020. Um, they desperately need it. And you're talking about, again, I go back, I'm going to talk about this a lot throughout the draft process, but teams copy other teams. Cincinnati, they went out and got weapons is what they ended up doing. This year, they have to get offensive line. They've done that through free agency. But last year, they got weapons. The Jaguars, they go out and get Christian Kirk. Can he be a legit number one receiver is a question. Um, I tend to think so. I'm not sure if he can do it in this offense, if that makes any sense. They got Marvin Jones from Detroit. They got Zay Jones there as well. He played in Vegas. Uh, they got uh, LaVisca Chenault, who they drafted a couple years ago. So they've got some weapons there. They go out and get Evan Ingram at tight end. Plus, they, they uh, got Tar- Dan Arnold ex- as well. Um, they've got the quarterback. They've got running backs and James Robinson and Travis Etienne. So it seems like offensive line is the piece they're missing on offense. And when you talk about the number one overall pick means that you can have the guy you like the most. But again, if you have Aiden Hutchinson as your number one player on the board, and most people have him as undoubtedly the number one player on the board, then I feel like you have to go with them. Even though you drafted Kiesan in, in 2020, again, it's a it's a new front office, a new uh, coaching staff. They have plenty of needs on defense as well. So um, it'll be interesting. We're not doing our mock draft yet. I'm not predicting who they're picking yet. It seems like Aiden Hutchinson is where everything's leaning right now, but you wouldn't be surprised either if one of the tackles, um, Evan Neal or Ikiam Ikwanu, go off the board at number one from things that are being said there as well. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions uh, here. They're drafting number two overall as well as number 32 from the Rams. Uh, They've got Dan Campbell as their head coach. Ben Johnson, OC, Aaron Glenn, DC, and Dave Phipp at special teams. Key players, DeAndre Swift at running back, DJ Shark, and Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson tied in, Michael Brockers at defensive line, and Jeff Akuda, who's been injured, hasn't really been able to produce up to his draft status just yet at cornerback. They have needs at quarterback. We'll talk about that. Defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback as well. When you come to the Lions, the first thing you talk about is quarterback. Jared Goff, um, is he good enough? Uh, according to Dan Campbell, you don't need an elite quarterback to win in this league, says the guy who's never won in this league. But uh, Dan Campbell says that. Uh, so is he saying that because they're going to go out and get themselves a quarterback? Or does he truly believe that Jared Goff is good enough uh, to lead this Detroit team to the top of the NFC North? Well, I think part of it, and I know we may not really agree on this, but when you look at this draft with quarterbacks, I think you have to look, is one of the quarterbacks you're going to draft be better than what you have? And Jared, that may not be true with Detroit. Jared Goff may be as good as either one, any of the top three or four would be this year. Um, now, you know, again, you'd have somebody maybe for the future that would develop. Um, I think Detroit, again, you know, if they package something with that last pick, I could see them taking a quarterback, but not with the second pick in the draft. Um, I think they can help themselves more probably on the defensive side. Um, 
you know, uh, is what I would think would make sense. But again, um, you know, uh, Detroit and making sense doesn't always go together. Uh, yes. Can't wait till we get to Chicago. Um, yeah, that pick 32 makes more sense for a quarterback, obviously. Number two is too high for the quarterbacks in this draft. But you might be able to get a guy at 32, a guy like Ritter, uh, Howell, Corral, somebody like that, that can sit behind Goff. Because I think Goff is good enough to uh, help Detroit improve and get them to where they become a quarterback away, basically, if that makes sense. If that makes sense, he can he can be a I hate to say it this way, Alex Smith kind of quarterback. Um, and he's been to a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, so he's got he's got to have some talent in there. I think I, as much as I like to make fun of Dan Campbell, I think he's got the players believing in him, uh, and they bought into what he's doing there in Detroit. Uh, Detroit, like I said, they brought in DJ Shark this year. Amon Ross St. Brown came out of nowhere. Um, he had a huge season. It was a fourth-round draft pick last year. Of course, his brother played played in Green Bay. Uh, but nonetheless, he had a great year. So they got him. They bring in Josh Reynolds from Tennessee as well. Um, they could use more receiver help for sure. Offensive line, they, they drafted Panay Sewell last year. They've got a pretty decent offensive line uh, as it currently sits. TJ Hawkinson's one of the better tight ends in the league. Not, not a lot of depth there. And then running back, they're pretty, pretty well set too. DeAndre Swift. They got Jamal Adams behind him. I was thinking at 32, or they've got pick 34 as well. Uh, I was thinking that maybe the Michigan State running back would make sense for them to add to that running back, that room, but I'm not sure that they necessarily need that either. Uh, defensively, there's there's guys that are fine. Nobody that stands out that's great. Like I said, Akuda has yet to perform the way they need him to. Michael Brockers is pretty decent, uh, obviously, as well. And there are other guys that, again, are good. Uh, don't stand out as great on this defensive side. Dad, everything that I'm hearing is Detroit uh, wants Kayvon Thibodeau, who at one time was considered the number one overall draft pick until they got into the postseason stuff and said he didn't have the motor and all this kind of stuff. So he started getting drawn down the board. Some people saying that, you know, all the way down to maybe even seven or eight on the on the board. Uh, but right now the rumors coming out is that Detroit loves Kayvon Thibodeau. They, they would take Aiden Hutchinson in a heartbeat if he's there. Uh, but they're expecting him to be gone. And uh, and they're a team that has been rumored to be trying to get trading down as well. Um, so maybe they're trying to oversell some other players in order to move down a couple picks and still get Thibodeau uh, there uh, just a few picks later, possibly. Uh, but even if they stay where they are, it sounds like defense is where they're going. Thibodeau makes the most sense. Uh, of course, there are cornerbacks on the board as well. Sauce Gardner, uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington, and Derek Stingley from LSU. Um, so they're an interesting team, Dad. If I were them, I would not package and move up. I would stay at 32 and 34 and see what comes to me because I think they can make their team a lot better using those picks versus packaging them to move up and get a guy that... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Could be a good quarterback or might not be any better than, like you said, Jared Goff. As I don't know. There's nobody in this draft that's better than Jared Goff next year. They might be better than Jared Goff in two or three years. 
And that's something they'll have to figure out for themselves. All right. Uh, let's go to team number three, Houston Texans. Again, a team that is in desperately need, desperate need of everything. <laughs> they don't have one position that's locked down right now in Houston. Lovey Smith is the new head coach in uh, Houston, the only guy willing to take uh, take on that sinking ship. Pep Hamilton, the OC. Levy Smith will act as the DC as well. Frank Ross coaching the special teams. They do have Brandon Cooks, uh, which most people assume will, he'll get traded. Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Uh, Davis Mills at quarterback. He seems to be the guy in Houston uh, that they plan on rolling out with uh, for next season. Desmond King at cornerback uh, is good as well. Uh, Dad, the way it currently looks with Jacksonville and Detroit probably going defense, Houston is a good po- potential for being our first offensive player and that being an offensive lineman, but very well could go another direction too. They could go defense as well uh, and get themselves the guy they like, maybe the highest-ranked cornerback. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the uh, Georgia edge rusher, rusher as well and Trayvon Walker. Um, there's receivers up there. There's all kinds of options. And like I said, Houston doesn't have to draft for need because they need everything. Yes, no, I, I, that's definitely true. I think you have to remember Lovey Smith, you know, is a, is a defensive coach in a lot of ways. So, um, very well, I think could go, uh, the defensive route. But like I said, they need everything. And the biggest key is they need to get somebody that's an impact player for many, many years. And, uh, but at the third pick, they, they should looking at this draft, they should be able to get people. Um, that help them there. And of course, they'll have a high pick in the second round and then two picks in the third round. So they're, you know, they're good. They, they'll be able to help themselves some. But like I said, they really have needs. Yeah, they got two picks in the first round. They acquired the Cleveland yeah. pick as well. So they picked 13th, three and 13. So you can go again with the best player on the board because they have so many needs. They can go with the top ranked offensive lineman here. Uh, and then at 13, pick up a skill player, a cornerback, a wide receiver. Uh, and again, there's other players out there, linebackers and other things out there as well. So um, there's a lot of depth in this draft. There's no superstars that we can see, but there is definitely plenty of depth of solid players that should be able to produce for a long time to come. Um, that brings us to, uh, oh, actually, I wanted to look at um, Houston. This team has been gutted for several different reasons, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, they are hurting as it currently sits. Like I said, they got Brandon Cooks. Uh, their other receivers are Nico Collins and Chris Moore. Philip Dorsett they brought in. Um, they need help at wide receiver. Offensive line, they got Tunsil. Uh, they've got some other guys that are a little older um, as well, so maybe not great there. Tight end, they don't have anybody great. Quarterback Davis. What do you think about Davis Mills? Do you think he's legit? Do you think he has a chance uh, to be that? You know, Again, I don't think anybody's going to be a superstar to be a moderate quarterback that can survive the NFL. I think he'll get the chance. I'm I don't know, you know, if he is. Now again, um they're they're in a division that's going to help them a little bit maybe there from, you know, that standpoint, but uh I think, you know, I I I think it's fine to roll the dice with him and take a shot. And, um, I, you know, I, I think they'll add another quarterback. I don't know if it'd be one of the top five or six, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, second, third round, fourth round, they'll add a quarterback to come in and give somebody a shot, you know, if they got somebody scouted to have potential. 
Yeah, I agree with you, but I honestly I would be a little surprised if they draft quarterback this year, unless one of them just falls uh, to the right spot, right? Um, I think that they they're in the hunt maybe for next year's draft class because they're going to be bad this year no matter what, and there's some great quarterbacks coming out next year, so they might not care to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, let's move on to the Jets. The Jets, another team with two first round picks, they draft fourth and tenth overall as they got a, a tenth round, the tenth pick from Seattle for Jamal Adams. Uh, Robert Salah makes his second year as head coach. Michael Floor, offense coordinator Jeff Ulbrich. Defense coordinator Brant Boyer, the uh, special teams coach. Key players, Zach Wilson at quarterback, Elijah Moore at wide receiver. C.J. Uzoma comes over from Cincinnati at tight end. Michael Carter, they drafted last year at running back. Carl Lawson coming back from injury. C.J. Mosley, linebacker. Quinn Williams at defensive line. And again, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, all drafted last year are in our important pieces to what they had to do this year. Their needs are wide receiver. They really need a, a number one wide receiver. They need some help on the defensive line or rushing uh, linebackers. Cornerback is uh, a, a popular spot here. Most people have them taking either wide receiver or cornerback at four and then the other one at 10 as two positions they desperately need help in. I know you're a fan of the coaching staff here in New York. Um, you know How quickly can they turn things around and, and for the Jets? Well, this draft can obviously help them. Two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, so they can get they can get help here. Um, again, you know, when you look at them, you know they're drafting early, but when you look at them in Houston, they're in better shape than a team like Houston is. Probably a better, maybe better shape than Detroit. I don't know. Um, they have potential if you know they think they have their quarterback, and if that turns out to be the case. Then, um, you know, they can build around that. So I, I think, you know, um, again, if they could, if they could hit on those four picks, um, uh, with players that can contribute, um, and, you know, and be good players for a long time, I would think at least one of the first two picks in, in the first round would be offensive line. Um, because I think one of the really good tackles or really good guards obviously will be there, maybe at either pick. And, um, again, you know, if they have the quarterback coming up, they have some offensive weapons, um, having a, a stellar offensive lineman for the future probably would, if they only had one pick, it'd be different, but having two picks, I, I, I'd be surprised if they pass. Um, especially, and you should have some of the really good, whether it's the tackles or um, a couple of the good inside guys be there. They will. They went offensive line with two high picks last year. Um, and not to say they can't add more, right? But they got Makai Becton, excuse me, that was in 2020. They In the first round of 2020, they got Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round of 2021. Uh, then they also brought over Connor McGovern from Denver, Lakin Tomlinson, from San Francisco and George Fant from Seattle. So they, in my opinion, they, they like what they have at offensive line. And, but you're right. I mean, you talk about best player available. It's probably going to be an offensive lineman uh, at that spot. I look at this team, dad, their defense is, is okay. If Carl Lawson can come back from his injury and be what he was in Cincinnati, that'll help a lot. They really like John uh, Franklin at the other end position. Um, and he had a good year last year. They got Rankins and Williams at the defensive tackles. They need a little bit of linebacker help. And again, I think cornerback's a big issue for them. But I look at their wide receivers. They got Braxton Berrios. They got Corey Davis, 
who I, you know, I don't like Corey Davis. So was not high on that one coming in last year when they picked him up from Tennessee. Uh, Denzel Mims has not really turned out to be what they were hoping he would be either. So I like at number four, them going wide receiver, getting the, the best wide receiver on the board, whoever they think that is. Um, there is a lot of wide receiver talent. So they'd be available at 10. Uh, somebody will be, and they'll be available in the second round probably that are decent as well. But if you can get the number one player in a position, uh, I think you do it. And I think wide receiver is as such a need as it is, uh, I think is a good place to go. Some people's like Drake London from USC. A lot of people like Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Uh, and I think Garrett Wilson will be the first receiver off the board. I'm not sure if he'll go at four to the Jets or not. Um, that's yet to be seen as well. But this is a team that they're not that far away. And if they have a good draft this year, then you can see them massively improve. But of course, Dad, they have to deal with the division that has Buffalo and Miami, who's made some big moves this year. And you got New England, who's not going to go away quietly. So we'll see how all that shakes out as well. Uh, let's move on to number five is the New York football giants. They also draft number seven. I got that one from Chicago. Uh, Brian Dayball, the new head coach, Mike Kafka is the offense coordinator, Don Martindale, defensive coordinator, Thomas McGahey, 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 uh, I'm not sure how you say that is the special teams coordinator. And dad, this is a really good coaching staff. Dayball and Martindale, Dayball will, I mean, Kafka is the offense coordinator, but Dayball will be very involved with that, uh, coming over from uh, Buffalo. And then Martindale is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. I uh, was with Baltimore for several years. And, uh, and became available. So that's interesting. Then you've got uh, key players, Daniel Jones at quarterback, Saquon uh, Barkley at running back, Leonard Williams, DN, Blake Martinez, who I think is vastly underrated at middle linebacker, uh, Aziz Ajlari that was drafted last year, James Bradbury at cornerback. They need offensive line help. They need cornerback help. They need wide receivers. And some think they need a quarterback. I'm kind of on the the side of, I want to see what Brian Dayball can do with Daniel Jones. Uh, but if the right guy, not at five, and I don't think it's seven either. Uh, I don't think it's the way you draft a quarterback in this draft. So let's start there again with quarterback, Daniel Jones. Uh, are you on the same page as me? And let's wait and see what Dayball can do with them. Or you think they need to look for their next quarterback? Um, no, I think I'd agree. Let's wait and see what, they can, what you know what he can do with him. Um, I don't know that he is going to be the guy, but I think he has potential. And like I said, with a new coaching staff, you know they should make the offense you know fit him, and um, you'll give him every opportunity. And again, you know, ideally they should still have a great running game there. And um, yeah, I think the new coaching staff. I, I definitely wouldn't think they'd take quarterback with either one of those picks. Yeah, they went offensive line uh, with Andrew Thomas two years ago. Um, he's not really been that great. They got Max Garcia, who? They got John Feliciano, who? Uh, they've got Mark Glowinski. They got Matt Pearl, or Pert, excuse me, Pert, uh, as their offensive lineman. They definitely need offensive linemen. I would not be surprised if at five and seven, they take two offensive linemen and stack that, stack that offensive line up. Um, you know, they, but they need wide receivers, dad. Last year they drafted Kadarius Tony and I didn't look up to see which receivers went after him, but I know there was a bunch of them that were a lot better than Kadarius Tony. I was very surprised with that pick. Uh, Kenny Galladay did really nothing last year. And maybe some of that has to do with the quarterback or the system or whatever from there, but they need help. Uh, they need it in several positions as well. 
so I think at number five, you know, they could be primed for a cornerback there, the best cornerback off the board. But I think at five and seven, if they don't make a move, that seven's a great spot to trade out of. Uh, for those that are high on a quarterback, I think that's where you start getting into that quarterback range because you're coming up on teams that are going possibly going to draft a quarterback. So you could start seeing some movement there at five or seven because Carolina's number six. They could draft a quarterback. Uh, and then your teams at eight and nine, I believe, are both uh, possible quarterback landing spots with Atlanta and Seattle. So uh, the Giants might be in the prime situation to trade down, let a little quarterback action go ahead of them and still get some really solid players as well as pick up some draft picks. What do you think about that? Uh, yes, I, I, I definitely think, you know, I'd be shocked if they don't trade down out of one of those. And again, they may not have to trade down very far. You know, let's say Carolina has, you know, they're going to take a quarterback and they have a certain one that they want. Um, you know, are they not interested in trading up a pick so somebody doesn't trade up ahead of them? Right. Um, you know, um, that very easily could happen. And of course, the Giants were just trading spots there. You know, they could still get the guys they want in the next two picks. So right. um, I would be surprised if the Giants don't trade down again. They may not trade down very far, may not need to trade down very far. Um, but, um, you know, if they stayed within these first 12 picks or so, um you know, it, it, it probably would work because, again, there are, there are a lot of good offensive linemen. There are, you know, a couple that are supposed to be elite, but there are several, both tackles and inside guys, that they could still probably easily help themselves on the offensive line. Yeah, and honestly, even these tackles are graded out to be good interior linemen as well. Speaking of Evan Neal and Iquanu are the two main ones, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Is supposed to be pretty solid as well. So there's there's definitely some options up high here for uh, for the Giants to go with. The pick number six is Carolina. Uh, Matt Rule's still there. Ben McAdoo comes in as the offense coordinator. Phil Snow retained as the defensive coordinator. Chris Tabor at special teams. They currently have Christian McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore wide receiver, Brian Burns, uh, and Derek Brown on the line. Shaq Thompson at linebacker. C.J. Henderson and J.C. Horn. At cornerback, Xavier Woods at safety. They need a quarterback. I don't know. In my opinion, six is too high. Um, they need offensive line help. They need tight ends uh, as well and linebacker help too. So I think when you get to this spot, I think Carolina, they might be bluffing a little bit with the quarterback situation, um, hoping again that people will move up. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I think the best move is going to be offensive line here. But it also could be cornerback because you're going to have a really good cornerback on the on the board as well. If they go quarterback, honestly, I'll be very, very surprised. Uh, but if they do, you have to think it would be uh, Willis out of Liberty. But, again, there's a lot of ties. Pick it to, um, to Matt Rule. So, I don't know. Six is too high for a quarterback, isn't it? Yes. I, I don't think any of the quarterbacks, you know, um, are, are going to be the one that's going to necessarily be the answer this year. And I don't know that Matt Rule is going to have time. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to have to do better or he won't be the coach there next year. So, yes. Um, so what about guys like Baker Mayfield or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, that would be a much better answer. I think definitely probably Garofalo, but again, um, Baker Mayfield may be good too. And again, we may see something happen on that before the draft starts. 
um, may, maybe a few days before, maybe the day of, but um, I, you would think they would be in the market for one of those guys. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you need a quarterback right now and you're trying to keep your job, you're not drafting a quarterback, not as a coach. You're you're wanting a, somebody with experience, and whether that be a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker May- Baker Mayfield, first of all, will sell tickets. Uh, secondly, he was injured, and I really think you get him in, and I you put him in a Matt Rule system. I think he succeeds. Um, so I think that's a real possibility. We'll see how all that shakes out, uh, though, for sure. Carolina with just the one pick here in the first round, they could be looking to trade down to, to add some picks to their, uh, to their options as well. Uh, number seven is the Giants again. Number eight is Atlanta. Uh, they got Arthur Smith, his second year as head coach, Dave Ragone, Dean Pease, and Mar- Marquise Williams round out the staff. Key players, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson. Grady Jarrett on the D-line, A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward at cornerback. And, of course, they bring in quarterback Marcus Mariota, which some would say is taking out the option of them drafting a quarterback, uh, even though they they got rid of Matt Ryan. Mariota's not the long-term play. But, again, I'm not sure there's a quarterback even at eight that makes sense for Atlanta to kind of go for if they want to succeed next year. And Arthur Smith. He's not necessarily the one pulling the strings for the draft, but you got to think he wants to make the team better this year, which tends to lean towards wide receiver because they don't have any. They need offensive line, D-line, linebacker, safety, quarterback, but wide receiver's a spot uh, where they have been absolutely crippled at, and uh, and I think that's probably the direction they go here at eight as opposed to quarterback. But your thoughts on Atlanta? Well, I think the fact, again, they have two picks in the second round, so I think in many ways um, – at this pick, at number eight, they they can take the best player available, um, as long as you know. I mean, because they can use quite a few of them, and then I think they have two picks in the second round. They can do a little more at filling need, and the best player available might be one of those guys. Maybe a wide receiver. It might be you know someone that that fits there, um, whether it be the edge rusher or whatever it might be. So um, I would think they're in a spot at eight where they can take the best available, um, be sure they get a good player, and then we're having two picks in the second round um, and two picks in the third round, um, they can work on getting some of the help they need. Yeah, they've had success with their first-round receivers, right? Julio Jones was yeah. worked out for them. Uh, Calvin Ridley worked out for him until he didn't. Um, right now they got Auden Tate, uh, Demir Bird, uh, Olamide. I don't, I don't know. I don't even, I've never even heard of this guy, Zacchaeus. Um, I mean, they need a wide receiver bad, <laughs> like badly. Uh, so I would be, honestly, I'd be surprised if they pass on wide receiver. Yes, they need offensive line help as well. Uh, I don't know. And I, I mean, Cordero Patterson, where did he come from, right? In college, he was really, really solid, really good. Minnesota, he never really did much uh, there. He moved. What did he do? Did he go to Chicago? I forget where else he's been uh, now before he finally ended up in, in Atlanta where they moved him directly to running back, said, you play running back, and it worked, and it worked pretty well for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it did, and he's a guy that has flexibility. That you know, they put him at running back; they can do a lot with him. So, um, but you know, I, a lot like the Debo Samuel type thing, except he's not Debo Samuel. He's not, but he plays more than Debo Samuel, so that, that makes him valuable, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see here. Where are we at? Uh, pick yeah. number nine 
is uh, Seattle. They get this pick from Denver. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they get one from Denver uh, in the trade for Russell Westbrook. Pete Carroll's still there. Shane Waldron, the OC. Clint Hurt, the DC. And Larry Izzo, the special teamer. They're uh, two really good receivers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Tight end Noah Fant that they get from Denver also. Running back Chris Carson. Uh, DN Shelby Harris. They got really good safeties. Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, although Adams hasn't played up to his paycheck just yet either. They need a quarterback. Uh, they need an offensive line. They need defensive line. They need linebacker. They need cornerback. I think this is a good spot for cornerback or even a, a more of an edge guy. There's a plenty of edge guys in this draft as well. Uh, but I think number nine is where you really get interesting with quarterback because I think Willis fits well uh, with what they did with Russell Westbrook. Makes sense for him to come in uh, here as well. And uh, I think this is your first really legit quarterback spot from the way the, the draft currently sits. Uh, I think Seattle's a real uh, potential here to take quarterback at number nine. Um, you know, they could, you know, again, you never know, you know, what they're saying is, you know, they're going to give Locke a chance this year, uh, from there that we don't think he's a long-term answer. Um, I think when you look at their GM, um, and you look at his background, he comes from the Ron Wolf tree and, um, you know, that's always been stay with your board and the best player available. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but again, he's under pressure to get things, um, you know, straightened back around in Seattle. Yeah, he is. And you said Drew Locks is not a long-term answer. I don't think Drew Locks is a short-term answer. I don't, I don't have any confidence in Drew Locke winning games. And again, if the deal is, is you want a quarterback next year, then maybe Drew Locke is your quarterback this year and you don't draft a guy. But that being said, um, again, I think Willis is a good fit here. They've got Drew Locke, they got Geno Smith, and they got Jacob Eason are their three quarterbacks as it currently sits. Um, they got decent running backs with Carson, Rashad Penny, uh, even DJ Dallas there a little bit as well. Defensively, uh, I just, you know, they haven't been great at defense now for a while. They're in a really tough division as well. So you look about just trying to stay with the Rams and with the 49ers and with the Cardinals. Defensive back help is important. So there, you know, you get, uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Washington has produced some really good cornerbacks as of late. He's an option. Offensive line help, of course. And then edge rushers. There's so many edge rushers out there right now. Uh, there should be a good one available there for Seattle at number nine. Number 10 is the Jets. Number 11, the Washington Commanders. Um, an interesting team. Ron Rivera, the coach, Scott Turner, Jack Del Rio, Nate Kazgor. Uh, are the 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 uh, position coaches, uh, coordinators, excuse me. Carson Wentz comes over at quarterback. Antonio Gibson running back. McLaurin at wide receiver. They got Montez Sweat and Chase Young at the edges. Jamin Davis they drafted last year, middle linebacker. William Jackson, Kendall Fuller at cornerback. Dad, they need quarterback long-term. They need offensive line help, linebackers. Uh, I think they need safety, and I think this is where we might see Kyle Hamilton come off the board, the safety from Notre Dame. Uh, seems like a solid fit here, if not one of the linebackers uh, as well. But uh, your thoughts on Washington and their setup for this draft? Um, it seems to me like this would be the great spot for the wide receiver, uh, the second one or two, because they're going to need people there and need um, you know weapons for wins. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think they could use any of those as far as defense, uh, especially a stellar defensive player. Um, but I, I, I'd be a little surprised maybe if they're not looking at wide receiver. 
Maybe. I think they like their receiving core. I mean, you've got McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Cam Sims. Um, they drafted a guy in the fourth round last year that hasn't made it, Gandy Golden. But, um, you know, I think if the right quarterback falls here, I think if Willis is there, they last year they drafted a kid from Liberty, so why not make it two years in a row? Um, maybe they go long-term, but again, if they're looking to win this year, you're going to look at somebody who can actually help you this year. Um, offensive line is a need. They've got Leno at uh, left tackle, Cosme at right tackle. Uh, they lost Brandon Scherf in free agency. Uh, so they've got some weaknesses and some holes there. Um, again, defensively, they got good talent over there. You know, again, can you get if you get the top safety off the board at number 11, I don't think that's a bad pick. Wide receiver, if you love one of them, because there are going to be some good ones. So if you love one of them, uh, go out and get them there as well. Uh, number 12, and our last one we're covering today is the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin O'Connell comes over as the head coach. Wes Phillips is the OC. Ed Donatel, the DC. Matt Daniels, special teams. They got Kirk Cousin, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Tomlinson on the line, uh, Danielle Hunter on the edge, Harrison Smith, safety, Patrick Patterson, cornerback, Jordan Hicks, uh, Zadarius Smith there as well. They need offensive line help. They need a tight end. They need some some defensive line uh, help, safety, and cornerback as well. Uh, again, I think when you're looking at these picks, you're looking at what's in the division as well. Um, cornerback help would be big if one of the top three guys is there. But again, um, offensive line, anything on the defense I think is good for Minnesota. Your thoughts? Yes, well, I mean, uh, we all know that the biggest need Minnesota has is a quarterback, but they don't think so. So they're going to, they're not going to worry about that. Um, I think, you know, when you look at it, um, they could either go with a a cornerback who could, you know, be there. Uh, but again, they need interior line, um, offensive line. Um, and I think you're going to have the number one center and, and which he could play guard. And the one number, probably the top two guards will still be there when they get to this spot. And I wouldn't think they would want to pass up that opportunity if those guys were there. Are you talking about the kid from Iowa? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be. He would be the center, and I've heard he could easily move to guard from there. But you got the guard, and everything I've read looks like really good kid from Boston College um, that has flexibility on the offensive line and can play interior there. And of course, you got the kid from A and M. Um, you know, who's a highly ranked guard too, and um, you know, could it be some of the other guys move around? Yeah, I think you're definitely looking defense or offensive line. Uh, but I think Minnesota, again, is a prime spot to move down. Um, they don't have any glaring weaknesses. I, I'm, I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I think he's better than at least half the league, um, if not more than that. And what he has with weapons wise, you know, there's, <laughs> they've got what they need, generally speaking, on offense, with the exception of offensive line and tight end. But I don't think you're taking a tight end there either. I think Minnesota moves down. At the end of the day, I don't think they have, a, like I said, a glaring need. So uh, if they can move down anywhere from four to five spots, um, again, you're looking in that. Now you're starting to get in that quarterback range where guys are trying to maneuver and things like that. You also got other players who are falling down the board uh, possibly as well. You got cornerbacks like uh, Derek Stingley Jr., who maybe is falling here to number 12. That would be an interesting pickup uh, there to, to, to partner with Patrick Peterson to uh, uh, LSU standouts 
there as well. So I, I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go. Uh, when it comes to our mock draft uh, in a couple weeks, we'll see uh, which way we go with that as well. So that's the first 10 teams that are drafting. Um, our next episode on Monday, we'll look at the next 10 teams drafting, starting off with uh, the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Saints uh, is where we'll start off with there as well. All right. Uh, let's talk about a few other things. Let's start with the continue with the NFL. The Packers signed Sammy Watkins, Dad. We had a conversation on the phone the other day. There's, I didn't think there was any way they're going to trade for or sign a number one receiver, but said a, a number two guy makes sense. Sammy Watkins is that. Uh, he gives some speed and some talent there as well. Are you happy with Sammy Watkins to Green Bay? Yes, I think that was a good move. Again, they got him at a good price. It's not going to hurt him there. And, um, you know, he, he has been very good. And um, we will see. I think Aaron Rodgers can make a lot of receivers better. And uh, Watkins, again, yeah, I know he's not replacing Devontae Adams, no. but um, but he, he may be a real weapon. Um, could be very positive. It could really energize his career. Um. Me and you have both been on record saying we like Derek Carr. He gets the extension. He's there. The uh, AFC West dad has quarterbacks locked up for at least the next three years. So you're looking at Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Herbert all there in the same conference for the next several years. Uh, Do you think Vegas did the right thing by locking up Derek Carr? Uh, Yes, I, I think so. Um, again, I, I like him too. And I think, you know, he has a lot of weapons, but like you said, he's in a tough division. I mean, you know, he, you know, he got a lot of money and he may be the fourth best quarterback in that division. Um, but he, he does play well. And again, I, I'm not as confident in the coaching staff there as you are, but that may be a great fit for him, but he's a definite leader. He took a team that could have falling apart this year and I think he was a guy that kept a minute yeah I think it's a great move I think that uh overall they're going to be well set at on offense um you know I just I think McDaniels will do better this time around um and at the end of the day I just I think overall it works out really well for them um but again you're competing against Denver who's gotten better you're competing against the Chargers who should get better and you're competing against the Chiefs, who have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So uh, we'll see about that. Uh, the XFL made news this week, announcing their head coaching hires of Reggie Barlow, Anthony Beck, Terrell Buckley, Jim Hazlitt, Wade Phillips, Bob Stoops, Heinz Ward, and Rod Woodson. Uh, for a league that's going to compete against another league in the USFL, they made a good, pretty good splash with their coaching hires this week, don't you think? Yes, they did. They brought in some big names, some good names. And it's going to be interesting to see how these two spring leagues do, um, being there's two of them that next year will be competing. Of course, you know, we'll have to see how well the USFL does this year. Yeah, and it's it's starting up this weekend, so we'll get to yep. start seeing it here right away for sure. Uh, let's talk about some baseball stuff before we head out today. Uh, we need to start with Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw uh, pitching a, no, a no-no and gets yanked. Uh, they decide not to do it. Kershaw says all the right things afterwards. Uh, you know, he hadn't pitched more than 60-some pitches in a in a session up to that point and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we're at the beginning of the season, an opportunity for history, and they yank him. What are your thoughts on that? Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I've thought about it a lot today because I heard a lot of talk um, about it. I think, you know, he said all the right things. If that's really how he felt, then yes, it was, you know, the Dodgers may have, have made the right move um, as far as having him long term. Um, when you look at what he's accomplished in his career, he's really accomplished a lot. And the one thing he doesn't have is a perfect game. Um, so should have he got the opportunity to go a little further um, with that? Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what would, would that really hurt, you know, down the line later on in the season? Um, again, you know, we don't know if it even would have pitched two more innings, you know, the perfect game may not have continued, but it seems like it would have made sense for him to get, um, the opportunity. But again, if he was definitely in on it and, and said, no, you know, this is not going to be the best, um, for me then, um, you know, they may have made the, the right decision. Um, again, I, I think, you know, the Dodgers need to make the decision. He needed to make the decision. It was interesting today. I heard a big-name national guy on the radio that, who's always outspoken and I don't agree with very often, and I didn't on this. But he made a big point about, um, you know, hey, you know, the, the fans – you know, a, a player like Kershaw owes nothing to the fans. The idea that the fans want to see a perfect game, that has nothing to do with it there. And I thought, you know, um, I thought you're in a sports entertainment business, and I thought professional athletes were. So to say it has nothing to do with it, um, I, I, you know, I think that was totally wrong from there. Um, but again, you know, if, if, if it's Kershaw's health was really an issue, um, again, it would have been a great thing, you know, for him to, to get a perfect game. Um, I heard today that there's only been one other time that's happened when someone had a perfect game through seven innings and got pulled. And strangely enough, that guy was pulled by the same manager. <laughs> there you go. So history repeats itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, again, Kershaw's had health issues. Um, I get it. I just, I find it surprising. I mean, seventh inning, he didn't have a ton of pitches on him. Send him out for the eighth and see what happens. Right. I mean, you might give it up at this first batter and then you could pull him then. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for sure. Speaking of tough ones, uh, your neck of the woods in South, South, uh, Ohio, Comments made by the Reds president when pressured to have his dad sell the team. He says, well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. I mean, sell the team to who? I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? If you want to look at what would you have uh, this team do to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in this current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. And then he says, be careful what you ask for. I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources we have. These Reds fans, it's been a rough couple months for the Reds fans. And I've been very negative on the Reds for a little while now. But they trade away most of their good players. And now they're say, being told, be careful what you ask for. Because maybe my family, instead of selling the team, will pick it up and move it. Uh, of course, he's since come out and apologized. Uh, but, I mean... Whew, how sad it is for the Reds fans, right? 
Yeah, it it really is. It's a tough situation here. And again, I mean, you know, he did come back and apologize, but I think be careful what you ask for. You know, you need to be careful about what you say. Uh, It's quite the fan base here. They've been very supportive. Um, And, um, you know, if the fans predominantly turn on the ownership here, um, you know, it'll just get uglier and it won't leave the, you know, I do not think the Cincinnati Reds are moving anywhere else. Um, you know, I heard Johnny Bench today. I mean, there are people that are not going to let that happen. <laughs> and um, so I, I, you know, I, that was a very unwise statement. I mean, I know they were getting a lot of pressure, um, but I'm not sure they did the right thing. I'm not sure, blow, you know, okay, if you're going to blow it up, then, or, you know, do they have a plan? I think that was part of the big question asked. Do, you know, well, what's their plan then? How are they going to rebuild this? We've seen some other teams blow it up, but all of a sudden this year, you know, in our preview, we said, well, maybe Kansas City's heading in the right direction now. Maybe Detroit's making some improvements now. You know, okay, what's going to be Cincinnati's plan? there you know do they have the farm system do they you know are are they committed i think that's as much what the fans want to see as anything else because i think this the whole thing blowing it up like they did really took everybody by surprise i agree all right anything else you want to cover before we go no, I don't. I don't think so. Like I said, there's going to be a lot on the next few shows that we can do, and of course, um, you know, we're just a couple of weeks away from the draft, and that'll surely be exciting. Well, me and Dad really enjoyed talking sports and sharing that with you. Uh, this weekend is a special weekend. It's Easter weekend, and uh, Dad and I uh, are both uh, believers, uh, Christians. And uh, we celebrate Easter differently than some. Uh, you know, I don't mind candy and chocolates and stuff like that, but our focus is on um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just want to let you all know that uh, God loves you uh, so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. And the wonderful thing about God is, is that he's alive. Jesus died on the cross, but three days later he rose again. And that's what we celebrate Easter for. And I just want to let everyone know that uh, as much as we love to talk sports, we sure like talking about God as well. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you've had questions or you want some answers, um, I'd be happy to do our best to help you out. You can contact us through social media uh, on Twitter or Instagram at Sports Stove, or uh, you can always email the show, thesportsstove at gmail.com. I'd be happy to share with you how you can know for sure uh, that you will go to heaven one day. Um, on that note, I've got an interview lined up with Josh Lindblom, uh, pitcher, and uh, we're going to talk about Christianity and faith within sports. And that, that interview will come out sometime. I'm not sure if it's going to come out next week or not. We're going to, we're going to inter- record it next week, uh, but we'll have that out for you soon as well. And really looking forward, uh, to that also. All right. Uh, with that being said, we sure appreciate you tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you get your podcast. or on Belly Up TV. We're right on at 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Belly Up TV on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. And until next time, we'll see you.